I went to bed a happily married newlywed and woke up the next day a widow. An early morning kiss and an I love you and I see you tonight. We all knew where we were that day. It was a clear, blue, cloudless sky. Warm day, hint that summer was not over. Yet in a New York minute, life would change forever. For myself, nothing would ever be the same. Today, we have a world-class memorial and museum to remember those lost on September 11, 2001. How did it happen in the heart of Manhattan? Let me tell you that story. Yes, God made it happen. And 20 years later, it is time to tell my story. Or is it his story? Where do I begin? Once upon a time. Hello. Hi, how are you? So nice to see you. Oh, my God. Oh, Monica. What a treat to oh, see you. I think, so I think, happy. Uh, I think you're the treat. Oh, <laughs> I'm so no. Honored. I'm so honored for you to be, you know, I'm learning how to do the Zooming and podcast world. And I'm so honored that you will be my first official guest. I mean, we're not, we'll <laughs> launch it at some point, but I have to figure that out. See, I'm, I'm on the, in the early stages of uh, learning how to do this. So we're so excited that you've been around from the beginning and as we approach the 20th, um, what, what do you, what do you think? I mean, looking back on the memorial, like the, the process, like with all the stakeholders and, you know, the museum and why it took so long. I mean, you know, the best things take a long time, but what do you, what do you really think? Like when you, cause now that's what I'm doing. I'm looking back and going to see like how the, how amazing the accomplishments of the, I, I still shocks me, even though I was in it. Right, right. You were in the middle of it. You were one of the principal advocates for it. I was so pleased when then Governor Pataki appointed you to, you know, the committee. And look, it did take a long time. There was a lot to work through, uh, but the end result is magnificent. Um, you know, both the museum itself, which I think is a living uh, memorial. And then the uh, outside uh, with all the names, with the water feature, with the trees, it's such a peaceful, restful place that is really a kind of living tribute uh, to uh, everyone we lost. And I don't think it would have turned out exactly the way it did, which I really like, without um, people like yourself who you know, were speaking for the families who could uh, remind, you know, everybody who was raising money and planning it and trying to build it, what this was really about, uh, that it wasn't just another building in lower Manhattan. This was a, you know, really sacred place. And uh, I think it turned out beautifully. I hope you're happy with it. Well, I, I am. That is, you know, as you say, happy, that's my happy place. And, you yeah. know, people, you know, with not having remains of Michael still, I know he is there. He's one yes. of those 8,000 in that space. And I feel him when I go there. I connect with him. It's, I, I get chills just talking about it because I, I don't know what I would have done without it. I have to be honest. I wouldn't have right. been able to sustain this nightmare if I didn't have a place to go and honor him. They don't, people don't understand when you have no body, you want to go where they took their last breath, their last step. It is so important for me. I go now. I don't just go for 9-11. I go on his birthday on 9-8. He'll be 57. We always go every year. We celebrate. We bring Merlot. We have <laughs> like Merlot. I was not a fan. It's my teeth. So it's funny. He's 
<laughs> so we, I'd say I'm doing this for you, you know, and it's right really nice because we can celebrate life, not death. I, you know, that's I'll exactly right, Monica. That's what it gives you yes. a chance to, yes, remember, of course, but more than that, really celebrate uh, his life and to mark these occasions. You know, sometimes uh, when I've gone in the past, I haven't been there, you know, since the pandemic, sadly. I'm, it's one of the reasons why I'm so looking forward to the 20th, but when I would go there in the past, you know, you could see people would leave things. They would leave little mementos. They would leave photos. Um, they would leave a graduation picture of a child that um, had been very young and had now graduated from high school or college. And, you know, at first there was a feeling like, oh, hey, we don't want, you know, we don't want that stuff to be there to, um, you know, interfere with the beauty of the design. But I think a, a very respectful um, uh, approach was worked out where things can be left and then they are collected for the uh, museum's archives, which, you know, is a great compromise. So, yes, go drink the Merlot, you know, <laughs> leave a glass there for Michael. We get the sun every time and it's so nice because now we, you know, it, it's just so moving when you go there. I mean, you feel good about you. You've been in the museum a few times. Haven't yes, you? I have. I you certainly feel have. It represents what we're trying to say about that day. Yes. I mean, because it's a great combination of uh, objects which have been collected with stories to tell. And, you know, a lot of videos, a lot of, um, you know, footage and interviews and ways of, you know, getting even more voices uh, into it. And, and, I, and I see it as uh, an evolving uh, institution. I don't think it's frozen in time. And that's why I want to keep, you know, the focus on it and, and make sure that it continues to get the support it needs. Because, you know, I do think that this should be a constant uh, memory and not just you know here we did it we built it that's it but keep it going right because we have you know what we have future generations now i actually did an interview with someone from the uk and she was too little she got a good perspective now but you know we need i keep telling you we have to keep right with the future generations keep telling the story 100 percent. you know i actually had that experience monica and i have to say it was so shocking to me. And then I stopped and, and thought about it. I had a young woman, very young woman who worked for me um, in a, on a big project along with a lot of other young people um, who said to me, was 9-11 really a big deal? I mean, she oh, had wow. like, no idea. And I got to thinking, and this is maybe something that we can ask the museum to consider doing. What is being taught about 9-11? You know, what is the curriculum about 9-11? If there is one, does it include voices like yours and voices of those who were truly most directly affected? So that's something that, you know, I'm going to raise with, you know, the museum because of this experience that I had with this young person who never encountered it, except I guess we were attacked on 9-11. It was terrible. Let's move on. And I want it to be more of the human story uh, that yes. you know, young people are exposed and to. And I know, I do know that they, you know, on 9/11, they do reach out globally, and they do as they. It's like a Zoom and around, yeah. them, and they call in on 9/11, and they help teachers. There are, there are actually, I think they're making it a mandate 
to implement that in the curriculum because before it was optional. So I think mm -hmm. now I think the push is to mandate it in all schools globally. I think that's well. a really good idea because yeah, otherwise we really need to talk to them as well and right. tell them. I agree with you. I think sometimes they forget the personal story. Right. And a little more of that. So that 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 is a well. That's what young people respond to these days. Yeah, I, I mean, agree. even even showing them clips of some of the videos that have been recorded for the museum, something that you know young people can respond to. I mean, you know, ten I second agree. videos, fifteen second videos is how so much of them communicate. Right, and I I know for a fact, like my uh, documentary that you were so amazing in, it, it's helped a lot of people. I send that to people. That's how I do it. I say, watch the documentary. You will learn a ton on just that. Good. One, because I have different levels of time on it, so it makes it easier. You can see enough, or you need you see right. more. So it's it was very good. I mean that that was like the best. Everybody's like always like Hillary Clinton. Have you posted that? Have you posted your? I, 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 what I do is <laughs> have you posted your, posted your documentary online? Well, I've sent, I send it okay. out. Um, okay. Think about posting some of it online. Yeah. I've been you trying know? to figure out the problem. Because I think we have to try to reach. Well, the museum, you should talk to them because I've tried to tell them. Meanwhile, I'm on the board. I've said, you need to put that, you need to show that in the museum. That was yeah. the whole purpose yeah. of the documentary. It, well, I, I will talk, to, I will talk to them about that. You are because, in charge yeah. because they have not done it. Can you believe yeah. it? I'm like, yeah. let's do it in the, in the museum and people will yeah. come and see it. They, that's, right. that's your correct. People respond to the personal story. She right. got a lot out of my story. Just been doing this right. She's like, exactly. wow, I learned so much. So that's the same thing. I, you have to be in charge because somehow they they don't understand that. I don't know. Okay, why. I'll do my best okay. <laughs> to make and that, that case. <laughs> yeah, and I think they'll listen to you personally. I'll try. Uh, they don't listen to you. I don't know who they will. So, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, getting back to this pandemic and 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 um, I'm curious as we approach the anniversary, kind of like the pandemic is, it was like a wake up call, like 9-11 was, you know, and you know, you're either manifesting some sort of spirituality. Do you have, do you, have you seen, like, I feel like I've gotten even, I'm, I'm very close to God as it is, but I feel like my faith has really helped sustain me through this nightmare yes. between the 9-11 and the pandemic. Yeah. Lost friends and family. And, you know, I feel for the people, you know, who are like in Surfside now and, you know, what's going on in Afghanistan. So I feel like yeah. you feel the important, have you felt that with yourself and your family? Have you gone to your faith a little more closer? You know, like how, I'm just curious of your feelings on that. I think that's absolutely my experience. Um, you know, I've, I've joked that um, I've always been a person of faith, but uh, once uh, I got into politics, if I hadn't been, I would have become one because I don't know how you sustain being active in the world with all the ups and downs, with all of the disappointments and, and joys. Um, I don't know how you stay optimistic and hopeful. If you aren't a person of faith, then of course, we all define that differently. But that spiritual uh, nourishment that uh, I think is so essential to help people keep going through dark times uh, is something that I lean on a lot uh, because, you know, it, it can be discouraging. It can be depressing. Uh, you know, as we're speaking, I'm so terribly sad about 
uh, what's happening in Afghanistan. That's you know, not about the decision to withdraw. I, I understand that was you know yeah. a tough decision, but about you know all the the people who are desperately trying to get out, especially the women and girls, because of what they have reason, good reason to believe is going to happen to them. And you've got to remain hopeful and optimistic, but you have to then, in my view, channel that faith and optimism and hope with action. So, you know, I'm trying to help get as many women and girls out as I can. I'm working with a lot of other people who oh, feel good. the same way. And, and that's what you did. I mean, you harnessed your faith, your spirituality, your determination, your resilience um, with a public agenda. You know, I knew so many of the victims, you know, so many of the widows and widowers and, you know, children who lost a parent, uh, people who lost loved ones, good friends. I, I got to know so many over the course of the time uh, I was in the Senate and working uh, almost exclusively on this. And some people, as you know so well, Monica, just could not keep going. They were beyond devastated and they... They just couldn't find the energy. I, I, you know, one time I literally sent a, a young woman working for me to go to a widow's house out on Long Island and, and knock on the door, forcing her to get out of bed and come open the door uh, because we kept being called by her friends uh, saying that she wouldn't come out of the house. She wouldn't even get out of bed. Okay. And, her, and, and her friends, you know, felt so helpless and, I actually had some paperwork she needed to sign for the victim's compensation fund. So I had an excuse. So we called and called and she wouldn't answer the phone. And finally we, I sent a young woman who just finally, you know, just made her get up and open the door. Uh, so I, I knew firsthand how different people dealt with the pain and the grief and the loss and the anger and, and just the extraordinary flood of emotions. And I really believe that, you know, faith, which to me is a grounding for hope in the darkest of times, uh, helped so many people get through. Oh, I, I agree with that. I thank God every day. Cause I, I nearly lost it myself. You know, I mean, I kept moving, but it was because of that faith. I would, feel like he was he was guiding me and I would just say please protect me I felt like it was very overwhelming you know it was a difficult time it was but I channeled that pain into resilience and, and that's right. fortitude and fighting to do something positive because I I'm not good at negative things so I really I was grateful in one way because we were trying to have a family and I was trying to get pregnant and I look I get chills I almost thought I was and I thank God every day I wasn't because I wouldn't have been able to to do that job, you know, having a little baby without my husband, who all he wanted was to be a father. So yeah. that was so important. And thank God every day I do, because what a blessing to have given the gift of Michael and then the strength to survive the nightmare and do this work. That's what's really allowed me to live my life because there is no, did. On. it's no moving. And, on. and then you became, a, you became an example for others, Monica. I hope you know that. I mean, because as you were able to get up and, and, and keep going through the pain, other people saw that and, and recognized it and it gave them some strength. I mean, I, you know, I, I think your, uh, your impact, uh, it, you know, went very far and it's one of the reasons you came to 
you know, the attention of people like the governor and others because, you know, they could see how resilient and strong you were in the face of it all. Well, that's what I'm, that's one of my goals to try to help people because I'm really concerned about the amount of suicides and I'm really concerned getting back to Afghanistan that, you know, I've been watching, you know, how what happened at the Capitol and, and the suicide rate. And then I heard something disturbing the other night where these poor soldier men and women, you know, our, our, our military feel that this is the Vietnam of 2021. And I, yeah. we need to look, I'm getting chills just saying it. I nearly threw me over the edge because I was like, yeah. oh, no, that is so wrong. I hope because they all went to fight for us. Yep. for our loved yep. ones. And I, the last thing I want is them feeling that way. What, what, what do you think I, now I really want to help them. I'm thinking, how do we make sure that they don't start committing suicide over this? Because now they feel like they've went in vain. Well, first of all, I, I think it's really important to recognize the, you know, seriousness of the moment for a lot of our uh, vets who did serve and to, uh, listen to them. I mean, most importantly, uh, make sure that their, their worries, their anxieties, their disappointments and fears are all, you know, taken seriously and that they have people that will listen to them and, and, and be, you know, be there for them. And then I, I think also, if they, if you look at it over a 20 year perspective, I do think there are some things that can be said, uh, maybe, not everybody would would hear it or believe it, but you know, for 20 years uh, we were not attacked. And let's let's remember that uh, part of the reason we had to go into Afghanistan uh, after 9/11 is because the Taliban then would not uh, break ties with Al Qaeda, and so we could have expected more uh, attacks on our homeland if we had not. Uh, had to take military action. You can argue about, you know, how long we should have stayed, how many we should have stayed, but I hope no vet forgets that for 20 years, uh, neither we nor our close allies uh, were victims of an attack from, uh, from Afghanistan. And then secondly, as Secretary of State and being part of the team that advised President Obama to go after bin Laden in 20. 11, we could not have done that mission if we had not still been in Afghanistan. We couldn't have gotten the intelligence. We couldn't have sent the helicopters from Afghanistan. So we, we were able finally to bring bin Laden to justice because we were there. So there are, there are uh, you know, things that people need to remember uh, that did protect us, protect our country, protect our allies. You know, look at all the people who went to Afghanistan with us. They, they were not just there because of us. They were there because they knew if they weren't trying to stop terrorism, it would have come to England, would have gone to France, it would have gone somewhere else. So That's true. I do think that uh, it's natural, given the fact that we are ending uh, that war and we are leaving, uh, that some vets very well might feel like it was all in vain, but I hope they remember those two things, no attacks on right. us and our allies. And we got bin Laden because we were able to launch an operation using intelligence from Afghanistan. And we wouldn't have been able to do it. That's correct. Yeah. I, it would I, have I, been I, really I, hard. Would have been really hard. To, we, we could have, we could have launched a bomb, but we would have never known if that was bin Laden. We exactly. had to have 
you know, literally boots on the ground, in this case from the Navy SEALs, to, to take him out. And literally remember, they took the body out, then they took the body back over to Afghanistan where the DNA was done so that we could absolutely verify that, you know, we had gotten him. So I think of those two things. Of course, it doesn't in any way uh, diminish the terrible loss that so many vets and their families uh, have experienced, those who paid the ultimate sacrifice, those who were wounded, those who came home with PTSD, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. You know, we know that and we, we owe it to them to keep helping in every way that we can. Well, I'm going to try to do that as well with my podcast because it's not just my podcast is not just about 9-11. It's about all the things that encompass 9-11, the things exactly strength and resilience and, and not just giving up and, and committing suicide as a way to, you know, to, to easy way out. So yeah. Yeah. But getting back to, um, you know, uh, I wanted to ask you this a little more personal, of course, uh, when you know, I went to the Javits when I was so excited. I voted for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> President. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then I was there and I'm like, where is she? I was like, it was just, I mean, I just wanted to see how you, I mean, I, of course, it's very hard to, to, you know, I still can't wrap my brain around it as well because I was so excited for you. I was like, my girls were like, did you vote? Did you vote? I stood on the line. I voted. <laughs> so, uh, by the way, you're pretty much the last person. You're pretty much the last person I voted for. But um, <laughs> uh, if I'm being honest, so because uh, I think I was very depressed after that, so I, I, I have a hard time voting now. So I wanted to see your feelings on yeah. it. Did you? Me too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Did you decide not to go? Yeah. You just didn't want to deal with it, or you would have been, you know? I mean, I didn't know. I was curious because we missed you. I was like, we you was know. Like, uh, yeah, it, it was it was a big shock to me, too, honestly. And I wrote a whole book afterwards because I, I couldn't wrap my head around it. Like, how did this happen? I got, you know, three million more votes and something, you know, didn't add up in yeah, any I event. I need the book. I need to get the book. OK, it's called What Happened. And it, it sort it. of what it happened. Sort of like what happened. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Um, and and, you know, look, after after um, Trump was elected, I, I, you know, I wanted to give the guy the benefit of the doubt. I wanted to, you know, say, look, we have one president at a time. Let's, um, you know, let's, let's try to support him. Let's hope that he turns out to be somebody who wants to bring the country together, not rip it apart, et cetera. But when I went to his inauguration, which I did because I thought it was the right thing to do and heard his speech, which was so filled with violent images and so us versus them and all the rest of it, I was very upset and worried because, you know, our, our country needs unification. We are so divided. And unfortunately, I think he made that so much worse. So, yeah, I, um, I worked very hard to um, stand up against a lot of what he did. I was frankly shocked at what he said during the pandemic, you know, injecting lye and you know, bleach into your veins. I mean, the whole thing was almost hard to believe. It's and shocking. so I, I, I really am, am pleased that, you know, he's no longer president, but I wish that he and the people who follow him would take a deep breath 
and, and do things like get vaccinated uh, so we can get out of this dangerous period that we're in and we can protect our kids. You know, my kids, my grandkids are too young to be vaccinated. So yeah, scary. they're, they're vulnerable. And I take that personally. And so I'm hoping that, that, you know, we can try to bring the country together again, the way we were after 9-11. I remember that so clearly. We were so united. It took a terrible, terrible event like that to unite us. I hope we don't need that. We should be united no matter what happens. I agree with you. I think people always go back to that time when everybody was connected and nobody cared about what you looked like, who, what you were, what race you were, nothing. It was so unified and so- It was. It was, it love, was a love, really good- love. It was so yeah. much love everywhere. I mean, I, I, I remember that's part of the sustainability too, that all the love we had and the, that's right. the people just rallied around you. It was just so amazing, you know, just yeah. like what happened. And now I look yeah. at what happened at the Capitol and I'm disrupted, you know, because I spent a lot of time in DC. So now I know you did. back and seeing that it's closed off, you know, you can't even get close to anything. It's just so sad. Like the, it is. And it's our own people. I know I mean, it's one thing when a sworn enemy attacks us like right. Al Qaeda. And then, you know, we, we come together and we go after, you know, the bad right. guys in every way we can. But when our own people attack our capital, the symbol of democracy, it, it is just, it just absolutely boggles my mind. I don't no, still, yeah. understand it. I can't even wrap my brain around that either. I still can't believe that, but you know, I, you know, I, I feel like, your voice is so powerful. And I think we, if we keep doing, maybe we'll do another one and we can do something for the um, Afghan uh, military. That would be great. So that we can, I want to and talk about 9-11 and incorporate that. I just really am very worried about the suicides, you know, because the yeah. Capitol had a lot of ready three and then, you know, it's going to trickle down. But I really appreciate your time. I'm looking oh forward to the gosh. next one. I think I'm learning what I'm doing. I'm getting excited. You're doing great. You've got a great way about you. I, I want to encourage you to keep going. And um, I look forward to I, seeing I will... I'm, gonna, I'm bringing the book so you can sign it. Good. Up. That's I'll I'm do doing. it. And, okay. and I want to see you and your girls. Yeah, I'm looking um, forward to seeing you guys. I'm really all right, I'm my so friend. happy. A pleasure. Sending you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lots so of much. love. A big virtual and hug. Stay, and stay well. <laughs> and stay well and safe. Thank you. Take and care. God bless your grandbabies. Bye-bye. Oh, Bye-bye. Say hello to your girls. Yeah. Yes, I will. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>